you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> hey there, it's Timmy Manor and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, it's Big Bad Being Little. Yes, it's good to be here. Yeah. Thank you, guys. What a show. Hey, yeah. if you're listening to us on air, we play some good songs and we tell we some do. stories. And I tell you what, our guest this week, oh. what a man. He's one of my favorite human beings that I've ever had the chance to play with. He's yeah. one of the nicest guys in the league, but don't don't, don't mistake him that for when he's on the field, mate. He's a, he's a tough man on the field. Right. In 2018, he was awarded our Parramatta Eels Player of the Year, Player's Player. He made his debut there in 2015, and since then he's gone on to play 114 games in the NRL with both the New Zealand Warriors, and nowadays he wears red and white at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Tonight, our guest on the spirit of sport is St. George Illawarra Dragons forward, Daniel Alvaro. Yes. Chuggy, welcome. Woo. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, mate. What a treat. Yeah, we're, we're very, very oh. excited to have you on the show, mate. Now, you're up at the moment in Queensland. Uh, the season finished. You decided just to hang around. What's it like up there? Are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, mate, it's been awesome. We've got a lot of family up here, so we just sort of um, took the advantage of being up here and stuck around for the last sort of six weeks or so. It's been awesome, mate. Loving it. And Good weather and seeing all the family. It's been unreal. Beautiful. And I know things were obviously very different this year with COVID and, and moving away from home. How did you find... Uh, leaving Sydney or your home down in the coast to uh, set up camp up in Queensland? Um, yeah, look, it was it was interesting. <laughs> we uh, It all happened really quickly over like, the space of a week or two. And then, um, but yeah, it was it, it was tough. Like, we've got a little a little baby um, we brought up with us as well. So mm. living in the hotels for the first couple of weeks and, and the, the, my girls having to do quarantine sort of on their own was pretty tough. But yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's like anything else, but you just kind of get used to it after a few weeks, and then it had its positive sides too. Like sort of being around all the other families and the other boys all the time. Um, we ended up actually having a really good time while we were in camp, and um, no, it's it actually a pretty good experience overall, despite sort of all the hard stuff with it as well. No, so, good. so how did it work? Did you come up first, and then the rest of the family came up later and had the quarantine and all that? Is that how it went? Yeah, so all, all the all the players came up um, first, and then the families came up in their own kind of bubble um, a few weeks later. So they had to quarantine for their two weeks on their own. Right. Um, and yeah, that was that would have been like so tough for them because a lot of, a lot of families had a couple of kids, all all very young, and uh, we, we had the one little one. So it was um, it was tough, but she's got a doesn't have to go outside as much as sort of older kids would have. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it would have been a really tough couple of weeks for a lot of families, but. Um, yeah, they, they got through it, and um, yeah, sort of had to be done, I guess. Mate, your wife Hannah, she uh, she's very social. How did she go <laughs> not being able to talk to people? <laughs> um, yeah, no, she she wasn't too bad. She she caught she caught us a fair bit, and, and she got through it. And she definitely made up for it when she got out of there. I'll tell you what, <laughs> the, the, the girls were pretty much on Kentucky tour for the for the rest of the season. Oh, like, they had a good time. Oh, <laughs> beautiful, Benny. It's such a good combo these two Alvaro's, mate. You got Alvaro Dan, who is just this quiet, strong, uh, you know, very. Well, it's just a quiet strength about him, right? Yeah. And you got Hannah, who's just a ball of energy and just like. Can, can talk and meet anyone. It's just such a great mix. Now, you you got married, was it last year or the year before? 
Oh, it would have been before COVID, oh, yeah. Don't test me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was even before, but yeah. And how have you found... Oh, yeah, sorry, how have you found the, the married life and balancing that with your career and now having a child? Um, no, look, it's been it's been awesome. Like, um, yeah. it was really good. It was it wasn't much too much of a change for us um, once we were married. But then, as you know, a massive change once you have, have a little one. She's mm. kind of yeah, um, yeah, changed everything. It's it's been um, the best. Like it's and it just gets better and better as she gets older and. Yeah, the water's nice and warm. <laughs> yeah, it's the best thing you'll ever do, mate. <laughs> yeah, hey, um, let's get straight into your, a bit of your story now. I know we're going to get later into your NRL career, but I want to get dig a bit deeper in, in the early days. How did you first get involved with rugby league, and, and what was um, what was kind of your inspiration to want to play football? Um, well, I actually sort of played soccer my first sort of two years. I could play sport, like under sixes to eights, and then yeah. when I was eight, my dad kind of just... I don't remember him talking about it. I just remember him dropping me off at the footy field and said, oh, this is rugby league and see how you like it. And then that was it. I loved it sort of from the get-go. Yeah. Um, that was at the Midigong Lions down where I grew up and um, played all my junior footy down there. And yeah, I loved it. Loved it down there. It was awesome. Your body's probably more suited to leg, I guess, than soccer. <laughs> is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, it, took, it took me a couple of weeks to adjust. Uh, Mum made me wear shin pads for my first couple of games of footy. So. <laughs> yes. Uh, Nice. Yeah, boys love that. So it was good. That's good. <laughs> and um, at what age were you when you got picked up? By I guess was it um, like a group, group was are you group six down in the barrel? Or? Yeah, yeah. So the um, we're group six. So I think the reps start around twelves or thirteens down there. Yeah. And then um, from that, um, I sort of got picked up by the Broncos when I was about fourteen, fifteen, and sort of took into their system and. Um, they would kind of fly us up a couple of times throughout, throughout the year for training sessions and a few yeah. camps and stuff. And that was, that was a really awesome experience. It was pretty sort of uh, unique and, um, yeah, it was, oh, I was just over the moon at the time. And, and your um, parents, did they end up making the moves, is that right, when you, uh, when you signed up the Broncos? Yeah, so um, when I finished school, um, I was 17 and I, I sort of did my exams and then I moved straight up there to start uh, pre-sessions down to 20s. And um, we'd gotten to know a family over my, so my years at the Bronx that I moved in with and um, yeah, about six months I, so I stayed with them for the first six months and then my parents sort of moved up there with me and uh, I moved back in with them and, and they're, they're actually still in Brisbane um, Brisbane now so um, but no, that, that was a huge help having them come up to sort of support me for I played 20s for a couple of years up there How old were you when you realised oh, I might have a crack at being a professional doing this for a job? Um Probably around 13, 14, which is kind of around when the, when the Broncos sort of grabbed me. And then when they, um, I was always, I was kind of getting keen, I suppose, but once they grabbed me, then I started to really sort of take it pretty serious. And mm. um, that's something I was super excited about. And then ever since then, it's just sort of what he's been sort of, I guess, my main focus, I guess. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Yeah, it's been awesome. Did sport run in your family or is this, was, was footy in the family or was that, was that a new thing? No, not really. Like my dad, um, my dad was sort of from the Cronulla area. He, he sort of played footy growing up a little bit, but only sort of just local league, nothing too serious. And um, but yeah, so I was, that, that was kind of the only footy that was sort of being my family before me, I guess. Yeah, wow. Now, mate, you go up to Broncos and you you start out your career there, I guess, as a junior. Um, what made you leave Brisbane? Obviously, your family made the move up there as well. So, what made you leave all that to come to Parramatta? 
Um, I guess I never really, even though with my family there, I just never really settled and um, I found it really tough sort of being away from home and all my, my mates and stuff down here and um, I always sort of thought I wanted to come back and then when I got to sort of my last year of 20s, I thought, look, I would have went up there so I might as well go now and uh, an opportunity came up and um, Brisbane were good enough to let me go and yeah, they had opportunity to be at Parramatta, which I was really grateful for and um, they ended up going there, playing 20s and then kind of um, get them away into the first grade sort of squad from there and the years after and ended up staying for about, I think, eight years all up. Um, had some great times there and really enjoyed it. Well, it makes sense. You go from uh, you know a small town like Brisbane to, to the big smoke of one of Australia's most thriving cities, Parramatta. Paradise. <laughs> Chugga, Dan O'Barra likes to refer to it as a mini New York, mini New York City. <laughs> um, mate, I still remember... <laughs> yeah. Your first preseason, and I think this is something we'll talk about throughout the show. But you've always had that you're you've always had an ability to out train the majority of anyone in the squad. And um, for a front rower to be able to do what you do, I guess the, the fitness times and the, you know the, the testing things you're able to achieve. Have you always had that? Like when you were a kid coming through, were you always someone that was in the top, you know, one or two of results when it comes to fitness and testing? No, not at all. Um, I was a, a chubby little, chubby little kid actually. And not very good. <laughs> hey, you and I are both, my friend. Yeah. I've gone back to that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I, I did. I sort of trained really hard to sort of get um, get a bit better at that sort of stuff. And that was something the Broncos are really good at when I was sort of in their sort of system. They kind of drilled that into me. And my my dad as well. Like he used to um, take me and flog me a fair bit, which was probably the best thing for me at the time. And um, yeah, I guess I was never um, really sort of had that much ability, so I always just just try and train as hard as I could and, and kind of rely on that. So I just sort of just kept getting better and better over the years. And um, yeah, when the, when the chance came to sort of um, how to do a first grade preseason, I tried to get as fit as I could and sort of go into that um, in the best shape I could, I guess. Mate, you play yourself yeah. down a fair bit. He's one of the most humble guys, Benny. But yeah. you say. Um, you know, you talk about your hard work being a thing, but in 2018, it wasn't just hard work. You got yourself a Player of the Year award. Mate, to do that at any club, um, you yeah, know, it's yeah. a huge achievement, but um, what was it about that year that, you know, that made you play at that level? I know you haven't really dropped off much since then, but what what made you reach those heights? Um, oh, mate, I'm not too sure. I guess it probably would have to be just, I'd kind of been in first grade for a couple of years and just get working hard and, um, I guess I had some good guys around me and uh, I know we had a tough year that year but I just sort of um, yeah I don't know I just wanted to try and keep getting better and better and um, yeah I'd probably just say just after those first couple of years in first grade I was starting to feel more comfortable and then um, probably just kind of just trying to train harder and um, yeah I don't know everything just kind of fell into place for me that year and just yeah tried to um, keep improving ever since I guess yeah, you've done that yeah and, um... But yeah, it was only a couple of years later you um you end up going to the Warriors for a couple of weeks on loan. What, what was that experience like? I know um it was different. You know, it hadn't really happened much at the time. It was last year. Uh, COVID really threw the competition around. Um, you know, the NRL requested for the Warriors to leave home in New Zealand and come base themselves in the Central Coast. What was it like being on loan? So being you know obviously contracted to one team, but um, on borrowed time at another. Um, mate, it was actually one of the funnest experiences in footy I've ever had. Yeah. Um, as, as you probably know, like it was a really 
sort of tough period for, for NRL players. We were all in lockdown and um, I wasn't playing with Parramatta at the time, so I wasn't getting any game time. And um, So we were just there training and couldn't really see anyone. And to kind of get a, a chance to play some footy and go up sort of live in the South Coast with those boys and um, the way they took me in and just um, really made me feel welcome at home. Me and Georgie Jennings, um, mate, it was awesome. So to go from playing no footy to all of a sudden um, back playing first grade and you know, just a really good group. And they'd sort of been to the ringer as well. So, um, I don't know, it was a, it was a pretty cool um, pretty cool experience trying to sort of, despite all their sort of hard hard stuff they dealt with that year, trying to push for finals and play some good footy. And we ended up winning a fair few games while we were there. And yeah, mate, it was just a really good experience and something I'll I remember forever. It, it's, it's not that bad of a gig. You know, you, everyone, and you know, we obviously as, as a game, we're very grateful to the Warriors for... Uh, making the sacrifice of leaving their home. But I came and visited you once or twice and you guys were staying at Star of the Sea at Terrigal, right on the beach, uh, you know, great apartments, right near all the cafes. You guys looked like you weren't doing it too tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were very lucky. We landed in an awesome spot and, um, yeah, mate, it was beautiful. Like, it was, yeah, I was just pinching myself um, to be able to go there and play some footy in such a beautiful spot and with such a good group of boys. Like, yeah, it was it was the best. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Well, then you fast forward a couple of months. I feel like this, this is your life, Benny. <laughs> this is your life episode. Um, so you fast forward a couple of months and we get now your sign of the Dragons. You've actually followed your old teammate, Corey Norman. Um, <laughs> now you end up at, at the Dragons. What's it like? You know, so you've, you've obviously done it before. You've gone from Broncos to Parramatta. You've gone from Parramatta to Warriors. And now you've come back to Parramatta, gone to Dragons. How's the transition been this year? How have you fitted, fitted in, and what's the experience been like so far? Um, man, I felt I felt at home kind of straight away. Like again, I was really lucky because they're such a really good group of boys and and the staff as well. And I'd, I'd known a couple of the staff before and a few of the boys before, and that sort of made it a bit easier, sort of going down there and and, and made it's a beautiful part of the world down there too. And it's kind of close to home for me. Like it's yeah. not too far from Mittingham and Barrel, so kind of felt at home going down there and um, yeah, it was good. It was just a nice a sort of fresh start and change and we, we started the season really well and that, um, yeah, really enjoyed that sort of that first part of the year and we sort of got rolling and then we just kind of uh, just, I don't know, fell off the horse a little bit towards the back end, unfortunately, but yeah, hopefully we can um, get it together and go again next year. Any standout things about, uh, positive things about the culture there at Dragons that you've, you've enjoyed? Um, I was probably just because probably just um just sort of feeding off the energy those boys had. Like they didn't um have the best year the year before. So everyone going into preseason, everyone was really hungry to kind of improve on the year before and kind of make a point. And um, so just it was a really good kind of work ethic through the preseason, and then especially in that early part of the year um, when we were going on a little bit of a win run, um, it was just a really good feel, and it was just something um it was awesome to be a part of, and. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, we don't want to spend too much time on this, but going obviously going through the um, the COVID breach, what what kind of role did that play in your season, and did it have any effect on your performances as a team? Oh, you you like to try and and put it to the side and say it doesn't, but yeah, we fortunately we definitely um, had a sort of a negative negative impact on the team, and yeah, we kind of never really. Um, got back to, to our best after that, unfortunately. So that's something that we sort of 
over the club and the fans and um, and each other as our coach and staff next year should kind of pay that back and um, sort of make that right. It's sort of still um, still really frustrating for us as, as I assume it is for everyone that's sort of involved. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to kind of pick ourselves up and, and go again next year and, and make it up as best we can. Yeah, you seem like you've got a pretty good um, crew there, the Dragons. And um, you mentioned that just that hunger, hunger culture and that resilience. Um, when the boys are all hanging out and, and enjoying enjoying each other's company, what's what's the what's your role in in the hangouts? What's your role in the crew? Oh, I've never never really thought about that. I guess. Um, <laughs> are you the funny oh, guy? We're a deep show. Spirit of sport. <laughs> we're, we're a deep show. We we dig. We dig. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll probably sit back and enjoy the characters we've got in our team, I guess. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably my role, I guess. Um, yeah. Just point and laugh. No, I don't know, I guess. Who, who, um, who's, who's the funniest guy on the team down there? Oh, as you know, Norm would be right up there. <laughs> Absolutely, um, yeah. He's not afraid. He's, 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 he's a good, oh, good fellow. It's on my great dad around. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. I think it, I'm having a bit of a mental blank, but it'd have to be normally, I guess. Well, you know what? Just going through your team, I was thinking about your team then, and I was pretty lucky uh, to call a few of your games towards the end of the season, right here on 1170 SEN for the listeners oh, at home. Sure. <laughs> um, mate, you guys have got a very, very exciting young batch of uh, players coming through. You know, like Sloan and Fagai and Sullivan and uh, you know Amone. Look, there's some guys coming through your team that um, are really excited. Yeah. A lot of people are excited by. What's it like, and what's the vibe like at the club when you train with them? Do you, do you get a sense that these guys could be the next batch of young kids that could uh, really make an impact? Yeah, hundred percent. And probably one of the most exciting things about them is sort of their work ethic, and and they're, they're still very grounded and humble. Um, they mm. just want to work hard and get better. And they probably got thrust into um, into responsibilities they probably were a bit early for this year and I think they handled it really well and kind of grew out of it really well um, and you could see like when we weren't winning games how, how much it affected them and how bad they, they wanted to win so that's awesome yeah um, that, that's just as a sort of older player that's, that's really exciting to see um, seeing guys that have got a lot of potential and um, I guess a bit of expectation around them to just to have that attitude um, within them that, that's probably the most exciting for me and I just can't wait to see what they they do in the next couple of years. Yeah, I spoke to, um, we spoke on the air a couple of weeks ago, Joel Kane and Brett Finch, and we're talking about the Penrith Panthers, and Joel said why he thought Panthers would win the comp. And his theory was, he went through every player, 1-17, and at one stage in their career, all these kids had won a game, uh, won a comp. You know, whether it was Jersey Flag or Harry Matthews or Ashley Ball, the East, you know, Cleary, Luai, you know, um, Crichton, they've all won comps. And they just had a, a hunger to win. They just didn't like losing. And I kind of get the same feeling when I look at the Dragons, young kids. You look at them and you just look like the kids that they know how to win and they hate losing. And that's, that's a huge thing because, Benny, I've been part of, you know, at, in my time at Parramatta, we had some good teams. We also had some, you know, average years as well. And, yeah. you know, some years, like I remember back at, you know, probably before Alvaro's time, but there were some years where we, um, we had a team that were just happy to be there. They're just happy to be playing first grade. And... Whether we won or lost wasn't that big a deal, and yeah. you know, speaking to a few um, players, um, ex-players as well now, at other clubs, and they say the same thing: there's nothing worse as a senior player when you see a team that's just happy to be there. Mm. Um, but yeah, this this Dragons team, this this batch coming through, they remind me of a team that don't 
they won't settle. Like, you know, I think they're going to want to win comps. They're going to want to play Origin. They're going to want to do bigger things and just be in the NRL. Um, Chuggy, uh, a few things we want to talk to you about as well. Um, what you've obviously had, and this is not you specifically, because every guest we've had on this show, our biggest thing is um, everyone's got a story. Everyone's um, had ups and exciting times in their career, but everyone's also had challenges, you know, whether it's uh, injuries, whether it's form, contracts, um, situations at your club. How do you how do you handle your challenges? How do you get through your challenging times? Um, ooh, good question. Um, I've been really lucky. So whenever any of that sort of um, hit me, I've had really good people around me um, to kind of um, sort of help sort of counsel me and support me and get me through it. Yeah. Um, but um, I guess a lot of those times have just uh, go back to just working hard and getting back to sort of keeping it nice and simple um, whatever it is just kind of get back in more of a routine um, or stick to much of a routine as I can and then uh, I usually find it when you get a bit of a momentum behind me in, in that sort of uh, in that sort of way with a routine and just sort of getting um, things like that behind me then everything sort of just takes care of itself is that, is that support network that you talk about is that something you've de- deliberately put in place around your life, or has it kind of just been, you know, family and friends, uh, and it's kind of just worked out that way? I think it's just I've just, I've just been very lucky, and it's kind of worked out that way. Whether it be yeah. my family or my mates at home, or the guys that I played with, like especially someone like Timmy, or um, some of the guys that I played with in my time, I've been really lucky to have guys like that sort of leading me through and um, sort of support me uh, while I was playing and. Um, while I've been playing and um, mate, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really grateful for that and just count myself as very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, and when you look back in your career, you talk about the people that you've had in your network and, and people that you've had in your corner. Growing up um, at a junior age group or in school or junior league, was there any coaches at a young age that stood out that really mentored you and helped you grow and become the person you became and the player you became? Um, yeah, obviously my dad. Um, my dad's yeah. always been there off from the get-go in, in some way, shape or form, whether he's running water or, or driving me all over everywhere, trying to get me to games or with teams and stuff. Um, he always calls me after most games now still. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So he, he, he's, he's, he's a massive one. Um, and then one, one of my sort of, that group six, one of my junior rep coaches there uh, was actually the guy that got me into the Bronco system and he's someone that I'm really good mates with now still and I, I still call him all the time just to see how he is and, and for advice as well. Um, so yeah, they're probably the two that sort of stand out for me. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and when you talk about Alvaro, I've, this is not to say that you're not a freak on the field but I also reckon you've got so much to offer off the field. Um, is there anything you're working on at the moment um, to kind of develop yourself outside of football? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm nearly finished uh, construction management degree. I've been there for the best part of a decade. Oh, and, nearly <laughs> finished. At the end of next year, I'll be done, finally. So I ne- nearly knocked that off. So wow. Are you going to become a, uh, a Lebanese developer in the in the city of Parramatta soon? How good. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. There we go. And so, so what does that look like? What, what do you want to do with that degree? What's, uh, what's the future look like in terms of what you do for work? Uh, mate, I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm actually doing a, um, 
with a couple of the, the Dragons. I was doing a carpentry apprenticeship as well, which will take me a little bit longer to finish while I'm playing. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where I want to land um, kind of in the construction industry, but I'll just sort of, once I've finished my uni degree, I'll start getting some experience in a few different places and um, sort of take it from there and um, sort of find what I like. I hopefully find my, my, my spot and go from there and start sort of transitioning out of footy, I guess. And how have you found balancing your studies of, like over the years with your footy? Um, no, it's just it's like anything I've been doing that on that just long. It just feels normal now. Um, it was it was really tough when I was younger and probably not as um, sort of focused, I guess, on my studies. Like even as far as the time I needed, and um, that sort of makes it hard. But I find if you kind of put in time um, pretty well, it's it's not too bad to manage. Um, but no, it's definitely been times when it's been a bit hectic, but it's uh, it's been a good challenge, and it'll be something I'm pretty proud of to finish next year. Can you give us some insight into your your mentality as a professional athlete, and you know some of your standout qualities is your hard work and your consistency, and like we said before, just your your, um, your toughness. Is there is there anything um, any mentalities in there that you kind of like say to yourself when you're getting on the field, or is there any training mantra you have, or anything like that that's kind of a go-to in in your preparation or in your training? Um, yeah, I guess it kind of just back again, just sort of that hard work and routine, just kind of getting it clear in my head what I, what I've got to do, and then just trying to get after it, yeah. um, whether that be uni, footy, training, whatever it is. And um, if I can kind of plan and get it straight in my head and then um, sort of focus on that and then just get after that sort of, I find that works pretty well for me. Yeah, guess, definitely. Yeah. How do you go with like, um, with, with health off the field? Are you, are you like a disciplined guy or is that something that comes easy to you? Or There's nothing hard? like me. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> like me. Yeah. yeah. Too much. <laughs> you like a bit of Messina <laughs> times three? Well, I, actually, actually, Timmy, behind closed doors, I can, I can really, um, Really enjoy myself. <laughs> <laughs> you hide it well. You hide it well, and, and your body hides it well as well because uh, my my one's out, out there for everyone to see. Mate, what's your go to? You've had a rough week, you know. You got some negative press. You got to go eat something. What's your go to? Uh, oh yeah, I love a bit of gelato, a bit of pasta. That's oh, probably mine. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Italiano coming yeah. out of the Avaro. Speaking my language. <laughs> Now I know you played for Italy in the World Cup last year. Is that uh is that on the cards? Are you gonna play for Italy again next year? Oh sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. the World Cup was in two thousand and seventeen, not last year. But yeah, the next one is gonna be next year in England. Will you be representing Italy again? Um, yeah, definitely. It's um it's something I'm I'm really keen to do. It'll just sort of depend on sort of family and um obviously being on the other side of the world, I just gotta um make sure my family will be alright for that sort of time and see what that looks like, how long we'd be away and things like that. But um, yeah, it's something I'm really keen to do if if I can um, make it work. That's awesome, mate. I um, I I still have my uh, my favourites at the club, and obviously we had Brownie on this last week, and now we've got Alvaro, my two yes. Italiano paisanos. <laughs> um, now next year, looking forward to next year. Um, what can what can fans expect to see from the Dragons? Have you got any new signings? I know you got a few actually. Um, what does it look like for you guys? Um, yeah, well, um, I think the whole group, um, obviously, like I said before, really hungry to kind of make up for this year and, and improve on it again. Um, so we're going to be working as hard as we can over the pre-season and, uh, I think a year together and sort of working through our systems and getting a bit better with that, I think we'll be a lot better for it. 
yeah. another preseason under our belt with, with these young guys coming through too, another preseason under their belt and then having a bit more confidence with themselves and their role in the team. Um, I think we'll be in a pretty good place and if, hopefully everyone can stay fit and we've got a lot of competition for sports, so that, that's always healthy. And um, no, I think I think we're sort of shaping for a pretty good year next year. So uh, plenty to be excited about and um, yeah, can't wait for it. Now you talk about the young guys, um, you know, you're, you're now 28 and you know, I, I like to think 28 is when a, a front roller starts hitting straps and is in the peak of his career. Is, is, you're, is working with the young kids and mentoring and, and developing the next generation, is that something you're intentional about? Is that something you think about or is it just natural that comes to you? Because I know you, you've been in part of a leadership group at Parramatta before. Um, from a young age, you've always been touted as a leader. Is that something you think about when you go to training every day or is it just uh, second nature? Um, yeah, I guess it's something you think about. Um, and, it, and it makes it pretty easy when you've got like, some good guys there that, like we do, guys that are keen to learn, hungry, humble and, and really respectful. So, um, yeah, they're, they're going pretty well as it is. So it makes it really easy to try and guide them out of the way you kind of can. Um, that, a lot of those guys are half-backs and full-backs, so I don't really know what I can give them. But <laughs> I'll... Um, I'll do my best and see what we go. You know what? No, I, I get what you're saying. And I'm a, I'm a front row too, so I get what you mean when in terms of, you know, sometimes you question what can you tell a half forward. Like, you know, they obviously know the game better than you. But there's so much more than just, you know, giving them a game plan or advice about how to play the game. It's about, you know, how to how to be, you know, a leader, how to be uh, an example, how to, um, you know, habits and, and behaviours, which you've done. And that's why you're in a leadership group for so long from a young age, because from day one as a kid, you've always been that kid that gets to training early. You you prepare the best you can. You're always in good shape. You tick every single box. And um, I think it's important that that halves and fullbacks, doesn't matter how good they are playing the game, that they understand that there's more to being a leader than just yeah you know, turning up game day and having a good game. Yeah, I hope, I hope that's something I can offer them, um, I guess, in that way. Um, look, a lot of those guys are really good at that stuff anyway, but just sort of... Um, other things, not not exactly the footy skill and 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 how to play, but more how to um, just sort of deal with like, that sort of footy lifestyle. And because um, as you probably know yourself, it can be it can be pretty hard at times on the roller coaster. And um, I know I know these guys sort of had, had some tough times this year, like taking a loss is pretty hard and things like that. And just sort of trying to keep everything in perspective. And hopefully that's something I can help um, these guys with and help them get better and kind of grow through that. Yeah. And is there something about, um, you know, you, the way you prepare in, in the off-season? So, like, obviously, everyone comes back day one to off-season. Uh, you know, some guys are in okay shape and some guys are in terrible shape. You always seem to come back, you know, miles ahead of everyone. Is, is there something you do now in, in the eight-week break that, you know, would be different to someone else? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just try and come back in as best shape I can because the... A couple of times that I haven't, it's been it's been that um, torture when I get back. I never want to never want to feel like that again. So that's probably the the reason why we're too scared to, <laughs> to come back in bad shape. It's too hard. It's, but um, Benny, but it's, no, I just try and come back in and um, yeah, be in the best shape I can so I can sort of hit the ground running. I guess. Benny, let me tell you something about Chuggy. Right, he can get his body shape, however, however it needs to be. Like I remember there was one year at Parramatta that were a bit. Um, keen for him to put on size. So, mate, he came back heavy, big, exactly what that we needed. 
And then a couple of months later, they decided, actually, you know what? We want you to be small. Yeah. And he, he transformed his body. I'm telling you, within weeks, wow. he was exactly where he needed to be. So I just wish I had the ability yeah. to, <laughs> to mold my body and change it, the shape of it that quickly. Mate, you sound like Mr. Muscle. How, how does that work? How do, you, how do you have that kind of body control? Or should I be asking your wife? It's, uh, it's less Riverino. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun at all. It's just um, there's a lot of diet stuff. When when you sort of get that right, it's it's um, it can happen pretty quickly. But yeah, it's it's not it's not a fun ride to be on. <laughs> all right, Chuggy, I'm sure you listen to our show every week because you got nothing else to do on a Sunday night. So I'm sure you Thank tune you. in. Appreciate it. Nine o'clock at eleven seventy SEN. And you'd be aware that this is the premiere part of our our show. Yeah. It's it is highly anticipated. Yep. It is the 60-second Blitz with Blitz. Now, listen, listen. I'm just going to send 60 seconds f- full of questions at your way. This is this is backed by popular demand. It's what the people want. They, they, they want to scratch below the surface. So are you ready for that? Are you up for it? Yeah, I'll do my best. All right, let's go. Okay, let's start something nice and easy, like favorite food for you. Pasta. Oh, what kind of pasta? Are we calling, What are we talking yeah. Oh, seafood, seafood spaghetti. Seafood spaghetti. Now, favorite um, favorite movie. Ooh, geez, that's it's not easy. I have to pass it. I can't pick one. That really? I, I, I genuinely thought you were going to say Gladiator because I know Ben for just a bit of context. <laughs> everyone calls him Rusty because his favorite movie is Gladiator. Oh, so I, I just oh, thought, you know, yeah. as a result, he might say Gladiator. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> What's your favorite genre? <laughs> mate? Are you a are you a comedy guy? A... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's right up there, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. yeah but you you are you're a comedy fan, aren't you? You like comedy as well, don't you? Yeah, big time, big yeah, time. Yeah, cool. All right, what's the um what's what's the worst date you've ever been on? And tell us a bit about what happened. Careful, he's, I think his wife's sitting next to him <laughs> as we speak, so he'd be very <laughs> tread very carefully. She's, she's very close. This is <laughs> well. It can't be one of the dates you went on with her. They're all lovely. Oh, perfect. No, 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 oh, perfect. no. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> and don't say last week either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the worst date. Um, oh, no. I've, I've been pretty lucky. Um, I'm sorry to. Sorry, be boring. I've been very lucky. Nah, um, I've never nah. really been on Sydney. No, it's fine. That doesn't surprise bad. me. That nah. doesn't surprise me. Because, Betty, let me tell you why. Tell me. I keep saying, if Daniel Alvaro is a guy you want your daughter to bring home. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that you hope that someone like that comes home with your daughter and says, Dad, I want yeah. you to meet my boyfriend. That is this guy. This guy. This guy. So a picture so of him. The fact he hasn't had a bad date, I, yeah, I understand that. Makes sense. Respectable. Good to know I've still got your bluff to me. It's good. <laughs> um, if you if you could meet anyone in the world, who would you like to meet? Ooh, anyone. Yeah. Um, maybe a bit out of left field, but um, probably Arnold Schwarzenegger actually. Oh yeah. Schwarzy. And what what are we thinking yeah. there? What are we thinking there? A bit of politics, a bit of leadership, a bit of bit of body mass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, I put everything. As a little kid, I, I just um, loved all these movies. And then as I got older, older I've learned a um, fair bit about his story. And it's a pretty pretty cool story. So I'd love yeah. to go and, and pick his brain about um, sort of his story. It's, he's, a, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. He's actually got a very similar story to Ben Little. 
And when I say story, I mean body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you look at my body, it tells a story. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> um, what, what's something that um, no one would, would know about you? Oh, um, and and don't say humble because that's how they, Nathan Brown answered that last week. Thing, something that we don't know about <laughs> no, you. He, he said I'm a humble. <laughs> <laughs> that was his answer. So on air to the World Wide Web, he yeah. said he's humble. Just, I'm proud of I'm proud of how humble I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, very, I'm very happy for him. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what would what's something, know about what's you? something people don't yeah. know about you? Oh. Geez, I don't know. That's this is a tough one. I'm sorry, boys. I'm not very good at this. Nah, it's, um, it's what happens. We put you on the pressure. ropes. It's a lot of pressure. It's the sixty second blitz with blitz. It, it, it's. Well, it's, you know what? We should have emailed our questions to his person <laughs> to you know give him a bit of a chance to look through it. Yeah. Um, now listen, mate. But wait, no, no. Let's not let's not go ahead. Ooh, I, wow. I, I, I like to think I know Juggy <laughs> really well. Bit of friendship pressure here. Yeah. So I know Juggy pretty well. I'm not yeah. going to let this question go without me thinking of something that people might not know about him. Yeah. Um. People don't know. What is people don't know? Does about he you? have a sound? Oh, what music? Does he have an interesting music thing? Music? Does he have a pre-game routine? Does he, he do anything weird with his socks? Or um, like that? Well, people wouldn't know that you were seeing a speed coach. Oof. Is that right? Yes, a speed coach. And let me tell you, how his work cut out for him. <laughs> um, it actually worked though, because I remember you freaked everyone out. You came back to para off season. And you're flying, like the times you were getting in some of our sprints was ridiculous. And then you kind of kept it pretty under wraps that you had a, a summer sesh with a, a few sessions with the great Roger Fabry. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Um, Roger was like, Roger's an awesome guy. And he was, I'm really grateful that he sort of had me in and took me in over a couple of off seasons. Um, and yeah, no, I, I remember my very first session, like I, it was over in the eastern suburbs and I was living out at Paris. So it took me ages to get there. And, um, he goes, I said, what are we doing today? And he goes, oh, we're just going to do two 200s. And I was like, what? Pleasure. Really? Like that? I've, come all, I've come all this way to just do this. Like, all right, this is going to be easy. I did one and I was, ra- like, we did a bit of warm-up stuff first. I did that, I was rattled. And then did the second one a couple of minutes later and I, I probably was spewing my guts up. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what, he, what it was, but it was it was torture. And then yeah. a lot of his sessions were like that, really hard. And um, But no, it was really cool. And I actually, I actually got, Less slow, if that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> uh, it's a typical Juggy. He always yeah. plays it down. Yeah. yeah. He might actually be here. <laughs> now, listen, mate. Um, you've been married for a while now. We, we could learn a thing or two from you and your flourishing marriage. Um, and people, I've heard it said, happy wife, happy life. What, what's three things you're doing at the moment just to keep, keep your wife happy? Wow, that's a new question. I haven't heard that one yet. That's, that's new. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, three things to keep my wife happy. Well, I'm I'm very lucky, and she lets me sleep in the spare room. So to keep that going, I'm is that still much, going? It's still oh, going. Yes. What about game day? Oh, well, so that's the off season. I used to do game day, right? <laughs> so like, I had a gold card. So yeah. the night before every game, yeah. I'm going to sleep in the spare room. Yeah. Um, if the baby cries. Babe, you got this, you know, yeah, like you yeah. got me, like I got yeah, to perform yeah. on the field tomorrow. That's right. And sometimes it, you know, it went from one night to, you know what, my, my stuff's already on that bed. I'll sleep there. It was two yeah, nights. Yeah. Three, and I didn't have to wake up with a baby for They're a few nights. Yeah. yeah. Chuggy, you've been going now. How old is Lily? You're, is it, are we talking months? She's, ne- she's nearly one. 
Oh, yes. oh. <laughs> yeah. so, well played. So she's keeping your you happy by the sounds of yeah, it. Yeah, so I guess the question was, what are you doing to make <laughs> Hannah's life happier? Maybe that is uh, making her happier. Much, pretty much just avoiding the word no, I guess. So I'm pretty much doing whatever she wants. Oh, wow. Yes, ma'am. Um, well done. <laughs> nah, um, I, I just try and sort of do all the stuff around the house, I guess. Um, just all the... I don't know, washing up, washing, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, just sort of do whatever it takes to stay in that spare room. <laughs> <laughs> she she likes the good deeds, does she? She likes the acts of love, acts, acts of service. That's her love service. language. Yeah, that's yeah, my love language actually. By the way, Bernie, if you ever wanted to know, acts of service. Acts of service. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like every every woman quality time. I feel like they all like quality time. Yeah. You know what it is? Let me tell you. And Chuggy, you can listen in on this on my, on this uh, <laughs> on this theory. Um, all good. right, I can. I've, I've played with a lot of footy players. Actually, I've played with probably 150 players over my career. Yeah, I can go eight, nine, ten years without speaking to one of my mates that I played with, who I was really close with when we were playing together. Yeah, time they could move back to Queensland, they could move to New Zealand, they could move to the country. We don't speak for eight, nine, ten years. We speak on the phone, and it is like we were having. We were training together yesterday. Yeah, nothing's changed. We're still good mates, best mates. So, like laughing, like like nothing's happened. Yeah. Now, girls, for on the other hand, yeah, if they if they don't see someone for six months or here for only six months, I wonder how close that friendship would be. Yeah. Now, but, now, are you are you connecting this to acts of service somehow? No, no. So I'm just my point is <laughs> quality time. I feel like a lot of girls, uh, like my wife for example, her love language oh, is quality, quality time. time. So a lot yes. of them they they love quality time because that's you know they yeah, feel yeah, like that, yeah. that's a love language. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like even though, I know some men do like quality time, but I feel like, uh, guys can go without, without talking to someone for yeah. a while and still have that relationship. And I know some girls can, but my, I'll use my wife as an example. I'll yeah, just use yeah, her. Yeah. And I think if she didn't hear from someone for a year, it's almost like, oh, okay, well, we, we still know each other. We don't know each other anymore. Now, listen, as, as your mate and as being someone who would like to give you acts of service, yeah. what would like a good friend a good acts of service. Do you want to know what a good acts of service is? Yeah, for you. My, well, and Chuggy will know this very well, but you get to my heart through my stomach. <laughs> so buy me, buy me lunch. Buy me. No, no more, it's more the service. Sorry. It's more oh, cook me yeah. dinner. Oh yeah. Yeah, I feel very loved. Like oh, I come home, wow. I can smell the, the the dinner in the in the air, and I'm I'm done. That's sorry, good. sorry, Chuggy, we're going on a rant. Now listen, one more. Now listen. Oh no, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> last last question. You get in a, you get on a plane. You go into your ultimate destination for a breakaway. Where are you going? Well, I'm going to tie this in with my stomach as well, and I'm probably <laughs> going um, back to Italy. And, oh, back to his roots. Yeah, and then probably just smoke some pasta over there. Yeah. Oh, well, right. good answer. Uh, you made it through, mate. We, Thank you. You survived the blitz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, just, Shaggy, we. Uh, Wow, that went quick. We're out of time. Um, mate, firstly, thank you so much for making time. I know it's, you're in the off-season and, you know, you're looking forward to time with your family, but thank you for making the time. Secondly, though, I just want to just um, point out that I know we, we talk about Benny, um, the kind of person Chuggy is throughout this show. We talk about, yeah. you know, the humility he has. He always plays it down. Um, you know, the fact that he's always putting other people first, the leadership skills he has. He's got some leadership on his life that it's going to go far beyond footy. You know, when, yeah. he, when he finishes footy, He's still going to be leading people in, in whatever field he ends up in. Yep. Um, Chug, I, I just feel like you got, 
you know, you're 28 and you got you I talk about front rowers hitting their straps. You're at a stage in your career where I'm really excited to see you, you know, flourish and just become all your call to be as well. So thank you so much for your time, man. And we really look forward to catching up soon, mate. Nah, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. And really appreciate you having me on and good to talk to you boys. Nice. Um, yeah, thanks so much. And yeah, looking forward to seeing you soon. Jeez, mate. Good. Look forward. Maybe we'll uh, get together and watch Gladiator again. <laughs> yeah, let's right. do it. Right on, mate. Take care. All the best. See you, mate. Oh, see you, mate. Bye. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.